0: 970 WDAY this is the rob report sitting in the seat is not rob port tony gehrig your friendly fargo city commissioner sitting in for rob today thanks for joining us i hope to have a good show for you guys today if you want to be part of the show please by all means call in 293 9000 email talk at wday.com you can also get us on the fm dial at 93.1 fm nateel how you doing today pretty good you are on the radio more than most people. I kind of <laughs> thought to myself on the way here that you are on with so many people during the morning here that you basically have your own show that goes the whole morning. So I'm, well, glad, I'm glad you're here with me today.
1: I'm, I'm glad to be here with you, Tony. Good. It's, good. it's a good it's a good day. It's a good way to end my my last day here for a while. Very
0: good. All right. Uh, so on the show today, uh, towards the end of the show, uh, bottom of the hour, we'll be talking to Jim Shaw. It's only an hour-long show. It's so hard to pack all this stuff in in one, in one hour. Uh, but uh, Jim Shaw will be talking to us about hate crime legislation here in North Dakota and by extension, the city of Fargo, who North Dakota North, the city of Fargo has hate crime laws on the books currently. Uh, and uh, Jim had a position on there. I uh, gave him a phone call last week and I said, Hey, I'd love to have you on the show. Talk about that issue. Cause it's an important issue and it's something that's cropped up quite a few times. So we'll get his point of view. Uh, I'll ask him some specific questions about that. Should be a good conversation. I'm looking, I'm looking forward to it. Dustin out of Bismarck, uh, the Dakota watchdog network. Uh, he and others were uh, proposing that the city government in in Bismarck uh, end the practice of special assessments. And that's obviously an issue here in the city of Fargo as well. And I thought that folks here would like to understand what they're trying to do. It's a different way to tax, a different way to do things. But, uh, you know, a sticking point around the city of Fargo here is special assessments um, for your home and for the diversion and all kinds of other things. So, We'll talk to Dustin about what they're doing in about 15 or 20 minutes here. But to start the show off here, I got to address something that I I don't want to, but I'm going to, Uh, you know, there's been a lot of talk in the media. We're getting emails as commissioners. We're getting phone calls about national white nationalists, about Nazis, about hate groups and all these other things, possibly having a rally here in the city of Fargo. First of all, that's not in the books. No one has contacted us to pull a permit or anything like that for that to happen. That's number one. Um, But in these emails, there's one specific that I want to address. I will not use names uh, for, for this person uh, because it doesn't matter who it is. It's a Fargo resident. And in the email, it's specifically asked at the bottom of the email to not allow these groups or hate groups as you, as you define it, a voice. Do not allow them to speak. Do not allow, Do not give them a permit to have a rally. Uh, do not provide them space to do a rally uh, to basically stop them from doing what they want to do uh, to have their, their first-minute right to free speech, Okay. So that, that's where I'm starting. What, what, what I wrote back to this person was, look, as a city commissioner or as, as a state lawmaker or as a president or, or a, a senator or whomever you want to talk about, we cannot stop free speech. As long as you're not inciting violence, as long as what you're doing doesn't hurt anybody else physically, um, it, 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 we can't stop you from, from doing it. You can go on the street right now and say something that I disagree with, and, and that is okay. We have a First Amendment for a reason. It's not so that we can say that I love kittens and a teal love dogs more okay that doesn't or talk about the weather is to say offensive stuff okay the first amendment is there specifically for offensive stuff and to allow us to do that not allow the government to stop us from saying offensive stuff which is precisely what this person wanted the government to do stop offensive stuff from being said i wrote her to you know a shorter email than that and i said i'm not going to stop that as commissioner i'm going to i'm going to say they have the right to do it and I, I also reserve the right to disagree with what they're saying is, is basically what i said I got an email back, a lengthy email. and At the bottom, it said, "If that's your position, that you are going to support that uh, free speech for for those people, then you are in a white supremacist sympathizer." Okay, I was called a white supremacist sympathizer. You know, you can call that a Nazi, you can call it whatever. So, you know, these terms get get thrown around, right? Uh, now today, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a Nazi or whatever else, and, and and tomorrow I'll be a communist from someone else or whatever. And bottom line, it doesn't hurt. It hurts the guy's feelings a little bit, right? You want know, to be a Nazi. No one wants to be that. Um, but it doesn't matter that I was called that. It matters the reason I was called that. The reason I was called that was because this person wants me to stop free speech. Um, it it shows an ignorance of the Constitution. It shows an ignorance of what our country was founded on. And worse yet, it shows an ignorance of what Nazism is. Okay, Fascism is, is a style of government that is... Wholly against the Constitution. Okay, these Nazis do not like our Constitution. They use it because they get free speech out of it. But other than that, they don't want people to have the freedom to go wherever they want. They don't want certain groups to be able to exercise their religions or whatever else. They are wholly against the Constitution. So to call me a Nazi for supporting the Constitution shows an ignorance of what America is, what our Constitution is, and it shows an ignorance of, of, of a hate group. They hate freedom. Okay, They want massive government control. All right? I'm someone who's been in the military for 15 years, okay? And I plan to be there another 15 years. I took an oath to support the Constitution of the United States. I take that quite literally, and I, quite, I, I take that seriously, okay? I'm also a city official. I'm a city commissioner. And I take that job very seriously, too. I took an oath for that one as well. So we've gotten to this point where if you are supporting the Constitution and you allow stupid people to say stupid things and you allow that to happen as, as a government, then you are thrown into that lot. OK, um, you, as a government official, we can't just go and block it. And the irony of all that is, is that if I did, as a city commissioner, s- try to block a Nazi from saying what a Nazi is going to say, that is fascism. That is fa- that's literally the, the thing that you don't want me to be, to stop that person from saying that thing. So it, it's completely ironic to me. We have lost all context as, as, as a people in this country of what these things are. And we just call people Nazis and communists. And, and if they don't agree with you, then they're a terrible person. And we got to get away from that, folks. We got to have civil conversations. And by the way, if we block a Nazi group from coming here to Fargo, we're giving them exactly what they want. They will get national news out of that. They will, get, they will become the victim. They will then become the victim. Fargo said, I couldn't speak here. They took away my constitutional rights. I am now a victim. Nazis are not victims. Okay? They're not. Uh, and we cannot make them that way. Another thing I've seen on Facebook recently that, that I just, until I get this one on my chest too is when we see these memes of things like my grandpa fought in World War II against, uh, against Nazis and now you are allowing them to speak and, and that's supposed to be, be this big thing. Folks, while I agree with that, that we fought Nazis in Germany in the, in the, in the 40s and we were going against, against that, that fascism and it's true that it's not American to be fascist, you can be that. And by the way, folks, we also fought wars against communism, okay? So we have, we have two sides here of the same coin, really. We have fascists, and I've been talking about fascists now, of, of, of Nazis this whole time, but communism too, okay? Uh, my grandfather fought in Korea against communism. So to say one is better than the other or to say that you have to, you, you, you're on one spectrum or the other or you agree with this or you agree with that, it is totally possible, completely possible. In fact, it is required as an American, okay, if you want to be a good American, to be anti-fascist and anti-communist because we fought against both of those things. Both of those ideals are failed ideals. What we believe is a constitution, what we believe is free speech, freedom of religion, freedom to travel, freedom to vote, all those things. And to be fascist or to or, or call people Nazis, and say, it breaks down that, that ideal. I'd love to hear what people think about this. Okay? This is happening in our city now, whether we like it or not. Like I said, I didn't want to bring this up. I don't usually want to get into, into national news. I've got things to do here in Fargo building roads and water plants and those type of things, but it's happening here now. So if you want to be part of the show, 2939,000, talk at WDAY.com. I'd love to hear what you think about my little rant there, Um, but it's happening here, folks. This is the Rob Report. Next up will be Dustin Gatterlow from the Dakota Watchdog Network talking about special assessments. This is the Rob Report on WDAY. 970 WDAY we can't waste time with with uh buffer music here so uh we gotta get right into it this is tony garrick filling in uh for rob report on the rob report 970 WDAY also on the fm dial 93.1 fm uh if you want to call uh 293-9000 talk at wday.com is our email address please be part of the show it makes it more interesting more fun for me that's what matters right Uh, On the phone, we have Dustin Garilo, who I, I don't know why I have a hard time saying your last name, Dustin, but you are from the North Dakota Watchdog Network, and you have an interesting story about what's happening in Bismarck about special assessments. So thank you for being here, first of all, and tell us about the special assessments.
2: Well, sure thing, Tony. First off, I'll give you the easy trick. Gover low, like low government. Gover low. (laughs) Gover low. That's how I always tell people. (laughs) It's spelled
0: odd, man. Okay, well, anyway, I'll I'll continue to hack it up. It's like
2: Volkswagen, the W is a V. Yeah, good. Anyway, what's happening in Bismarck is that uh, a couple weeks ago, a uh, task force, which was created a few months ago, uh, completed its work, and I was actually a member of that task force, and we came to the unanimous decision to abolish special assessments uh, in the city of Bismarck for city projects. And uh, what we decided is that for infrastructure like uh, arterial roads, and for us that would be like State Street, Washington Street, Century Avenue, 43rd Avenue, Expressway, the major thoroughfares, that would be funded through uh, a sales tax that would be, Uh, a half cent, but not to exceed three quarters of a cent because sales tax is kind of a fluctuating uh, revenue stream right now. And so we want them to keep it as low as possible, but give them a little bit of slack just in case there's some economic issues. And then for residential streets that are generally paid by the application of special assessment debt on individual homeowners, uh, we suggested to replace that with a monthly street maintenance fee that would be applied towards every dwelling unit in the city of Bismarck, uh, and that would include individual apartments and mobile homes and residents, so everybody would be treated equally. There might be a, a, a variations based on square footage or some factor like that, but the end goal is to come up with, with a street maintenance fee that everybody pitches into and is somewhere in the neighborhood of 20 to $25 maximum on average and that uh, that will then eliminate the need to uh, take on more special assessments by the oh. homeowners in Bismarck.
0: Sure. So, you know, Plain Devil's Advocate then, you know, some people would say, well, hey, Dustin, you're you kind of you switch or ruin us. You know, we're, we're kind of just, uh, you know, one hand in the other. Uh, why, why are special assessments worse than what you're proposing?
2: Well, I, I will state this off the top, that if special assessments were not part of the proposal, and abolishing them was not part of the proposal. I would not be somewhat advocating in favor of it. But because it is a a revolutionary change, no other major city in North Dakota uh, is able to manage without special assessments, Mm -hmm. it would put Bismarck in a pretty interesting place in the city. Uh, As far as the switcheroo issue, it is simply a matter of uh, we have a lot of of, uh, uh, people that, cannot afford to be hit with three, five, or $8,000 worth of special assessments, even if they can pay it off over seven years, it's tough for people to come up with an extra $1,000 a year sometimes. It's a lot easier to come up with $25 a month than $1,000 a year. And because of that, it, it becomes a cash flow management issue. And when you create a lower, broader-based revenue source for people that... Uh, uh, don't necessarily plan for big expenses. You know, the average person has difficulty planning for big expenses. That That's a known fact. And so what we want to do is create some stability for both homeowners and for property owners in general, as well as for the city to take care of the streets because, frankly, Bismarck streets are not the greatest. Sure.
0: Sure. So just for context for people here in Fargo, you know, we're in, we have about... A half billion dollars in debt right now for special assessments. So, so people understand, you know, what the city does with special assessments is they take out a loan for this, as it says, the city, and uh, we pay for your road or whatever, and then you pay us back over 25 years or 15 years or whatever that time frame is. But in the meantime, City of Fargo holds that debt. So when mm-hmm. you when you build a new house, you have a hundred thousand dollars in special assessments. The City of Fargo, you know, you you're paying the City of Fargo back, and we're paying back a bank at that, and we're paying a 4% or 3% interest rate, and you're paying a 6%. So it's, it's a lot of debt. And if things go bad, I mean, the whole plan of getting rid of special assessments is if things go bad, things go south like they did in Vegas or in Florida or wherever else, that debt is on the city. We have to pay that back. And and what the, what the collateral is that we have is government buildings and government land and things like that. We, do, we have to sell that off. Uh, so I think the, the lower, broader base deal that you're talking about makes sense. It also makes sense to have a I think that to have a bill that is uh, the same over time, uh, you know, you know what's going to be year, month after month, year after year, and you're not going to get hit with a $25,000 assessment if your sewer line breaks or, or whatever else. But what do we, what do you do about new homes that uh, are you suggesting that you and special assessments for all these things? So sidewalks, the gutter, all, you know, if I buy a home at Bismarck, am I still going to have a hundred thousand dollars in special assessments for that?
2: If you, uh, if you bought your, home prior to this new change being approved, and, and we're pushing for it to be put on the ballot as part of the Home Rule Charter, uh, you would still have to pay those. If you buy a house going forward after this new plan is in place, your costs for that uh, uh, property will be built into your lot rent or your lot price right. because the developer will have to pay for everything under the ground and above the ground themselves. They will have to get private financing to do that right. rather than using the bank, the, the city as a bank and so the lot prices will go up. However, there will be a, a savings on the back end because, as you stated, the interest rate that the C charges you is a lot higher than what you can get at a right. bank if you amortize this into your mortgage. So for new home buyers, they will be able to put in their new mor- into their mortgage and, and then string that payment out over 30 years rather than 15. Right. So when it comes down to it on a monthly basis for their mortgage payment, they're going to, to pay less. Yeah. Both in the interest savings, the the cost savings of the fact that developers say that they can do the work for twenty percent lower if they don't have to go through the, sure. loop, the hoops of doing the special assessments, and so in the long run it will save people money. And then on top of that, if you have a existing special assessment on your property that is significant, you know, if you have twenty thousand dollars and then you have equity in your property, it probably would be a benefit for you to refinance,
0: sure. depending
2: on on what your closing costs would be. And then you can also string that along further. And so at the end of the day, there will be some people that get pinched in the middle because there always is. Right. There's never a, a clean way to make everybody happy all the time. That's just sure. the way the world is. Well, thanks, our, Dustin. Our uh, tax and revenue system is so screwed up at a state, local, and national level that to fix these things, there's going to be people that are in the middle and, and kind of get stuck. But the best thing we can do is to make it as as, as le- little pain as possible for sure. the most people as possible.
0: Thanks, Dustin. We are up against a hard break. I appreciate you calling in, and we'll talk to you soon. Right? Okay. Thank you. Have a good day. I think in Fargo we could easily do this, folks. If we, at least, at least, what I've been pushing for is to end special assessments for new homes. All it is, folks, is it's a, it's a bank loan uh, provided by the city to the developer. It's an incentive, is what it is. What it boils down to: special assessments for new homes are incentives. We'll come back. We'll talk with Jim Shaw about hate crime laws in the city of Fargo and the state of North Dakota here on 970-WDAY. 970 WDAY, Tony Garrick filling seat for Rob Fork on The Rob Report. You can listen to us on the FM dial at 93.1. Call us at 2939000. Talk at WDAY.com is our email address. And I'm sure that we'll have a discussion happening here with folks. As Jim Shaw, the great Jim Shaw, sits next to me here to talk about hate crime legislation here in North Dakota and the city of Fargo by extension. Jim, thanks for coming in. I appreciate that. Thanks for having me. Very good. So i got your article pulled up in front of me. However, since you're the man who wrote it, why don't you give us the elevator speech, speech about what this is all about here in North Dakota?
3: Well, what it's all about is North Dakota is one of only five states in the country that does not have hate crime laws. However, I'm sorry to say, North Dakota has the second highest amount of hate crimes per capita in the United States so we have a state with a lot of hate crimes and no hate crime laws and that just doesn't make sense to me and I, I feel that North Dakota should act like the other 45 states and the federal government and do more to protect those who are potential victims of hate crimes and to make and to take a stronger stance against hate crimes And uh, to further uh, emphasize my point, hate crimes nationally, since Donald Trump was elected, you can say it's his fault or not, but it's a fact. They have gone up dramatically since he's been in office, or actually since he's been elected. Last year in America also was, this is in my column, was also the, the worst year ever for violence against people in the LGBT community. We've had several horrific incidents, both in this state and nearby, just uh, two weeks ago, the the horrible uh, bombing at the mosque in the Twin Cities. Uh, a few days ago, an incident in Wilmer where uh, some person said nasty things to a Muslim American and then throw through a, a piece of a pig's foot at that person. Um, so, and we saw, and even what we saw in Charlottesville, uh, that tells me even more that we need hate crime legislation badly in this state. And for the life of me, I can't figure out why we don't have them. I'll help you. (laughs) Okay, so what uh, what
0: state should we be modeling? In what state have they instituted hate crime laws and then hate crimes went down?
3: Well, and I know because we've had a discussion (laughs) between us before you invited me on the show here. I can't tell you a state that because of their hate crime laws, therefore hate crimes went down. I can't tell you... Because of it, they went up. I don't know if there's a cause and effect. Just like I don't know if having the death penalty, mm-hmm. which some states have and some don't, is that a deterrent? I don't know if it is. Is life in prison a deterrent to murder? I don't know if it is. But So I, I'm not sure I can, and maybe you can. Can you, can you actually point to any specific law That's been toughened, and therefore we have seen a shift in behavior, and and people aren't committing those crimes. But, but so, so I can't say that. But what I what I can say is, it's an appropriate thing to prosecute, and it's an appropriate thing to punish. But I can't tell you that because a certain state has has hate crimes that their hate crimes have went down because I don't know what's in the minds. So for some people, it probably did deter them from doing it. For others, it's like I don't care about that. Mm-hmm. I want to. I'm. I'm going to go out and uh, attack some Muslim or uh, attack some gay person because they tick me off, and and I want to put them in their place.
0: Sure. So it reminds me a lot of like the '90s when we had the three strikes and you're out kind of deal in California and, and other places where if you if you smoke pot, you know, three times, you get caught three times. That's you know, 25 years in prison or something like that. Right. And I think that that assumes. That people, in the general public, knows the crime and the penalty. Now, if I went and punched you in the face right now, uh, what? what would, how many years in prison would I spend for that? I, I don't know. Would I be fined? Would I go? I, I have no idea what that would be because I've never done that before. Now,
3: what, some say, people may reward you for that.
0: <laughs> I doubt that very much. Okay, again. just saying. They're, uh, they're, but now enough. let's say that you are a Muslim or something like that, and then I punch you in the face. I don't know anyone who would know that punching a Muslim is X amount uh, of time in prison versus if, you, if I punch a white guy, it's this amount. The point being is the general public has to know there's a greater penalty and what that penalty is in order for anything to be a deterrent. The same thing with pot use or, 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 or whatever else you want to point to. If I don't know what the, what the punishment is for a DUI and I have my fifth DUI, you know what I mean, then I don't, if you make the, the laws harsher and put more people, all you're doing is putting more people in jail.
3: And that's what we've done in this country for a long time. We have more people in jail in this, in this country. Not in this state, though. Well, this 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 state does not punish the way it should. But I I ask you the question, okay? What is the harm in having hate I mean, you know, you tell me, you you asked me to name a state mm-hmm. where because of their laws hate crimes uh, were affected, and I can't tell you because again, I don't know what's in the people's head. But name a state that that put these laws into place, and there was a downside. Tell me, tell me the negatives. Tell me what, what what possible harm there could be in joining virtually the rest of the country and having hate crime legislation in North Dakota. Well, I'd
0: love to. First, you're, you're instituting a law that we have no idea if it works or not. right? So that's, that's more laws and harsher penalties for something that we don't know will work or not. That is bad. We are racially dividing people or or whatever, however you want to divide How, how are we racially We're dividing? We're saying a white guy does this, he gets this. If a black guy does this, he gets this. Well, are, are, you, the say, under the are law. you
3: saying that you don't think uh, people are attacked because they are black or Muslim or gay in this state? I'm sure. Yeah, of I, course they are.
0: People could attack me because I'm a city commissioner. People yeah, could attack but, me for any reason out there under the sun, Jim. What I'm saying is but, if I but, punch you in the face, and I'm, I'm, I'm an American and I'm a human, I should have the same penalty as an American human as you would or if he would, or if she would, or if anyone would, for the same crime. We and what I'm saying Amendment.
3: is, there is a distinction that people make. All right, I'm sorry, but a lot of people are not going to attack you because you are a white male, presumably Christian. Uh, but that same person might attack somebody again who is of color, or Muslim, or gay. That's a fact. That happens. That's that's what motivated. There, there were attacks uh, in our, you're uh, our... you are making assumptions that
0: this law will stop that, which it will not. We have no proof whatsoever that this law will do anything to fix that particular even if problem. It, even
3: if it doesn't stop it, for them, to, for them to pay an additional price in their sentence, that's what I hope is the, is the end result of this. I can't, like I said, you know, there, there are um, laws against murder. And look at mm-hmm. Chicago. So clearly the laws against murder... are not stopping people in Chicago from killing themselves. So what, should we legalize murder then?
0: But we've done things that are not murder. Let's not go all the way to murder, but we've done things like marijuana. Okay, or like speeding laws,
3: things like that. People Speeding laws in, the, in this state are a joke. Sure. Right. But what I'm and saying is that— And if we had some real speeding laws in this state, but my point, they, Jim, they would think twice about speeding.
0: You, you're missing my point. The speeding limit used to be 55 in pretty much every state, right? And then it went to 60, and then it went to 65, and then it went up and up and up because we saw that people just aren't following this law, so we need, to do, we need to react to that. With marijuana, we're seeing states legalize it because, frankly, people were sick of putting people in jail and costing them a bunch of money when, in fact, they could just legalize what people are already doing make money off of it and then the, the crime rate goes down because they're not criminals anymore you know what i mean so see, how much time do we have do we...
1: we got enough time to take a call
0: yeah do you want to take a call with me sure john's on the line john you got a question for jim
1: or myself you know, I'm, I'm so glad that the three of you haven't got down to fisticuffs oh, you know <laughs> you know it, it, you, you both have good valid points i mean I, i'm one of these people who still believes that the death penalty should be the death penalty and with the technology we have available and everything nowadays, when you're convicted beyond a reasonable doubt, it should no longer be a long, drawn-out appeals process. It should be, you know, that to me, that phase should be swift and sure now. But, you know, when you talk about the speeding laws, you know, you talk about the texting laws, you know, it's like Minnesota. Now, you know, they're going to have a DUI saturation patrol starting again this weekend, but... Those people who are drunk will avoid it because it's always publicized, you know, where these points are most of the time. And, and and a friend of mine brought up a very valid question, and I'd like to see what either one of you thinks on this one. When you stop people for a DUI check, think of the number of uninsured motorists who are out there driving around. Why do they not pop you at that checkpoint and say, hey, let's see your insurance card while you're here?
0: Yeah, I mean, and look, I'm not a guy who supports uh, DUI checkpoints. Um, I I personally believe it's constitutional offensive to do so, and I've asked that we stop doing it here in the city. I don't think we do it anymore because it's just, frankly, not effective. So I don't know, John. I don't really support just randomly pulling people over and checking if they have insurance or checking their papers. It just seems, it seems wrong to me. I don't know, Jim, if you want to jump in on that or not. But.
3: Well, I, I, I think we're a little off topic. Sure. I, I, I would be curious to know uh, John's viewpoint on hate crime legislation. Do you, yeah. think, <laughs> do, you, do you think that's a good idea or not, John? Yeah, John. Uh, oh, much up up. you got it? Yep, you, okay. Up. But, Jim, uh,
0: will you stick for one more uh, session here? We'll Absolutely. wrap up the show with you. You bet. Jim Shaw on with Tony Gary. This is The Rob Report. Call in. Be part of the show like John just did. 293-9000-talk-at-wday.com. Nine, nine, wdaycom we got a couple emails. We'll go over at the other side of the break. This is 970-WDAY. Go out
2: and see what you can find. If a rich, take
0: 970 WDAY. Tony Garrick filling in for Rob Port on the Rob Report. Tune in to uh, 93.1 FM. You hear the same voice on there. 2939,000, talk at WDAY.com. I have one email that says, how about Christians that are being prosecuted? Another emailer says, just curious if Jim, def- what your definition is of hate crime, and could you give an example uh, to prevent criticism of religion? That's kind of convoluted, kind of but
3: I mean, well, my my definition of a hate crime is a crime that is committed against somebody of, uh, because of the color of their skin, right. or their religion or their sexual orientation, and I guess I will add, and that they are in the minority, right, in in this country with that's, their skin color or their religion. Basically, or their, the definition, their as far
0: as I understand it, I mean, it's kind right. of I think it should be kind of a universally now understood thing. Jim, we have one caller on the line.
4: Uh, you want to get to that one, uh, Ron? Go ahead. So, you think that hate crimes can only occur to minorities?
3: Well, d- t- what t- you said? T- well, well tell me what I'm missing, because obviously you have a different... What, what, what am I missing?
4: So, if I'm targeted as a white male by someone who's black or Hispanic or whatever, just because I'm white, then under your definition that isn't a hate crime.
3: Well, that's a gray area to me, to be honest with you, because, you know, whites are the majority, but if you can, if you can prove that a white person was attacked by people of color because that person was white, I I could go along with that as a hate crime.
4: Well, here's, here's the problem. You're trying, once again, to create special classes. What you need to do, if you want to actually talk about a hate crime, and hate crime legislation is look at it this way. If someone is physically assaulted because of their race, color, gender, whatever, then, and you want to add additional penalties because of that, fine. But don't say only minorities uh, are, you know, because there's racism there's hate all across the spectrum here there isn't just it isn't simply white people who are racist it is isn't I, simply I, white people uh, who are black that is
3: correct but the the, the the vast majority of the victims here I'm not saying a a, a a black person won't target a white person yes they will but the vast majority of people who are victims uh, in these kind of crimes are minorities that's a fact and 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 I'm telling you and, and if if you you got to everybody should watch this video that was on HBO Vice. I don't know if you saw it from Charlottesville. If that know, doesn't yeah. scare the heck out of you about all the hate and right. white supremacy in this country, nothing will. And that just to me adds more fuel to the fire of why we need hate crime legislation in North Dakota.
0: Well, Jim, uh, you know people are kind of joking that we you know didn't come to fiscus. I really enjoy the conversation. I read your articles, and whether I agree or disagree with you, I enjoy it because it makes me introspect and it makes me think about my position. And it only helps. To hear the other side, if that's the case, and to understand your own motives and your own idea on on the subject, based on conversations like this. So, I, I
3: appreciate your article. I appreciate you coming in and, and being challenged. And I think I, I should be challenged, right? Uh, I I should be fair game. I'm I'm putting my thoughts out to the public to try to get a reaction. I, I don't expect everybody to agree with me. I just hope exactly it, it did with it did with you, where at least it will get you to think and we'll open up some discussion and see
0: where it takes us. Very good. Well, Jim Shaw, I appreciate it, and we'll talk again sh- soon, I'm sure, next time you put your article out, and I message you on Facebook, and then we can <laughs> go from there once again. So Jim Shaw, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Well, uh, as, as Jim said, you know, we don't have uh, hate crime legislation here in, the city, here in the state of North Dakota. We could, in fact, have it in the city of Fargo. So send an email, give us a call, uh, tell us what you think about that issue. We are, have the power to make law in, Nor- in Fargo. It's called a city ordinance. Um, so we could do-, do those things. I know the Human Relations Commission that is a government entity here in the city of Fargo is looking at it. I've asked them to come to, to me and to the commission and provide us with facts and figures, provide us with proof. It'll work provide us with an outline of what they're looking for. If they, they do in fact want to uh, look at this issue. Um, but you know, from, for me personally, I said it with Jim, with Jim here. Uh, I, I want to see some, some information. I want to see some proof uh, because any, you know, laws have consequences, obviously. And uh, it, it, I don't take it lightly that, uh, that we can do these things. So uh until, Uh, You're going on vacation?
1: Vacation. No, (laughs) that's that's not at all. what I I wish it was a vacation, honestly. No, um, in May I was diagnosed with stage 1 uterine cancer and um, I didn't respond to the initial treatment plan, Uh, so I am going in on Monday for surgery Mm. um, where where we'll be performing a uh, radical hysterectomy. They'll be taking my uterus and both my ovaries. And my doctors are pretty confident that at that point, that'll be the end of of my cancer journey here.
0: Well, I obviously didn't know that. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Ouch. I was kind of joking around there. That kind of slapped me in the face. I wish you a speedy recovery uh, in all regards. Thank you. uh, Yep. Uh, we got to end on a lighter note than that on a Friday. Sorry Uh, about that. (laughs) Off to the lakes. I I appreciate everyone listening in. If you have any comments or questions about me, about this program or anything else happening in the city of Fargo, by all means, I I I have a city email. I have a city phone. Uh, I always answer the phone or I always respond to voicemails. If you call, leave a voicemail. And I think that all the commissioners are the same way in that regard. So give us a call. We want to hear from you. We don't hear from you nearly enough. So my name is Tony Garrick, Fargo City Commissioner. This was the Rob Report. Happy Friday, Fargo.